G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, always good to check in with Family Voice Australia. Greg Bondar is the Family Voice State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Delighted to be here again. Well, Greg, we've just emerged from Easter and it's been a wonderful time, a celebration, of course, the death and resurrection of Christ, but opponents of Christianity have used the opportunity to attack Easter faith around the world. What's been happening? Uh, now, this is so um, so disappointing, really, because uh, now this happened in America, but look, the location is irrelevant. But the issue is critical for us as Christians. Uh, a newspaper in um, in Los Angeles published an article from a, an anti-Christian, a notoriously anti-Christian uh, critic, who uh, really published an article saying how Christians came to believe in heaven, hell, and the immortal soul. But the problem with the article, Neil, it was a really, really heavy attack on the basic beliefs of beliefs of Christians uh, during this particular you know, period for us, which is Easter. And the issue here is, Neil, that once these sort of articles become prevalent in the, in the mass media, they will filter here to Australia, and we've got to make sure that we as Christians address this anti-Christian movement uh, as we engage in our daily lives, because what's happening there is that attacks on uh, intellectual attacks on Christianity is getting more and more prevalent and we have to be ready because this is going to come to Australia again, Neil. Uh, the issue here, Greg, around uh, the idea of faith-based charities and uh, how some charities perform better than others, what was the issue? Well, the, the, the issue here was, was saying that the, 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 the critic of this particular article was mentioning that, um, you know, Highly secular democracies, according to the author, do a much better job of meeting human needs than faith-based charities. In other words, he was saying we should celebrate the growing secularism of our, of our day. Well, that's not the case. He's over, this author overlooked the contribution and the significance that charities, religious schools, religious organisations, hospitals make to the total economy, let alone to expressing and, and, and identifying their faith. And we have to make sure that if you're going to have an article criticising Christianity, well, let's balance it up and give us the right of reply as well, which did not happen in this particular case now. And I might say, I mean, a number of thoughts come to mind for me. We might get to those in just a few moments. Mm. But, uh, but just when it comes to these sorts of articles that appear in the media and uh, they are intellectual attacks on Christian faith and there's attacks on all sorts of different dimensions, aren't there? But yes, we need to be prepared for those intellectual attacks too, don't we, Greg? Absolutely, and and not only that, we need to be prepared from a biblical truth point of view. In other words, we we need to have clarity and compassion as we defend. Now, Neil, you will remember 1 Peter 3.15, prepared to give an answer. 
So what we do is we respond to falsehood, falsehood with biblical truth. And we need to do this. And also, if you look at Paul's comments, um, and here I'm referring to 2 Corinthians 10, 15, that, you know, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, says Paul in Corinthians. In other words, to, de- to destroy means to refute. Arguments refer to truth claims, but lofty opinion, Neil, is just arrogant thinking. And that's what's coming out of the media, unfortunately. And we've got to address this now. Interesting, isn't it? Uh, Just to come back to the idea of charities. I mean, the very idea of charities, uh, we will all appreciate, uh, comes from people who want to do something in a community. And we might even point to the golden rule Mm. uh, that uh, emanates from our Christianity. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. I mean, Mm. why else do people volunteer their time to help those who are poor and vulnerable and needy. And in fact, we might appreciate that uh, charities have been formed on that uh, down through the centuries. And if we're looking at our top yeah. charities here in Australia, Greg, just uh, just a quick mention, and I'll get your comment here, but yeah. our top charities, uh, charities like World Vision, The yeah. Salvation Army, mm. Compassion Australia, Uh, These are the big Christian charities, and uh, they're in fact even more effective than uh, many of the other secularised charities. Uh, But just come back to this idea for a moment. Charities have their formation in Christianised society, and uh, when you've got, you know, he's talking about secular democracies that can Mm. fund charities to do the work that they do, what we've got is charities that are formed in Christianised society. So all of this is Christian anyway, Greg. Yeah, absolutely, Neil. And and the issue that you've just raised is, really, if you took away all the work that these Christian charities do, now I don't care whether they're Catholic, they're Anglican or Presbyterian, I don't care. The fact is that they're Christian charities. If you took away all their contributions they make to the economy as such, the governments would be flat out trying to fill that void because it's not going to happen unless charities. And remember, if you're a biblical person, and if you listen to the words of Christ, and I'm sorry, to, you know, I'm, I'm quoting the Bible here today because I'm just so moved over Easter, this, you know, this article that appeared. I'm so cranky in, in many ways. Righteous anger, of course. Christ said, I'm here to serve, not to be served. So when we look at these charities now, they are here to do work. And for anybody to start criticizing what we do as charities or as Christians over Easter, it really is um, arrogant thinking from all point, all perspectives now. Well, outside of Christian society, very few care about the poor and the vulnerable. And, you know, it's demonstrated uh, every week I'll have a conversation with some sort of mission society or missionaries working in places where there's a non-Christian society culture in place. And mm. I can tell you the uh, the reports back is the value that comes from the Christian input into those societies just is amazing because it Absolutely. just isn't there outside of Christian society. Correct. Hey, let's move on. There's lots mm. of things to cover. Um, hope for Australia on gender dysphoria, where uh, there's a story coming out of Arkansas in the United States where they've banned treatments for transgender youth. Uh, what's the story here? Now, again, this is so important, Neil, because, again, the location is irrelevant the issue is critical. In other words, uh, we here at Family Voice are actually just undertaking a major campaign to try and get the Minister for Health in, uh, in, at the federal level 
to have an inquiry or some sort of consultation type process where people can have an input into making sure that our youth are protected from medical procedure, medical procedures, Neil, that they will regret later in life. Now, here, Neil, I'm referring to two particular people. You may have heard of Kira Bell uh, and you may have heard of Walt Heyer. Both of these people have come out and they have said, I am so sorry I undertook the procedure. Uh, you know, gender dysphoria issues came up because now they regret it. In particular, in Kira Bell's case, she's saying, I may not be able to have a family because of the procedure that, was un- that I undertook as a youth and I was misinformed, I was not told of the consequences, the procedures were experimental and so on. So we need to make sure that we, we praise this movement by the, by the American um, state of Arkansas because now there are at least 16 other states in the US thinking that they'll have similar legis- legislation. Uh, isn't it the case, Greg, that as Christians we want to protect kids from medical procedures that they will later regret? Uh, mm. I guess if you're saying, what does a Christian think about these things, that's probably a good foundation. Yeah, absolutely, because you see, look, let's, let's not kid ourselves, Neil, you know, and, and we're going to have to argue this whether we're at home or at work or in the public arena. There are only two sexes, male and female. And I defy anybody else to prove otherwise. There may be opinions about how I feel, but there are only two sexes. So to try and change somebody's natural birth to an unnatural sexual orientation, to me, is absolutely criminal in the the sense that, you know, what are we doing to these kids? You know, one of the things I have to tell you, Neil, is, and and which really irritates me, is you you, you need a licence. Or, sorry, you can't drive a car until you're 16, 17 or 18, depending on which state you're in. You can't drink till you're 18. You can't vote till you're 18. But we're allowing children as young as five to make decisions about their sexuality. In my view, governments have lost their moral and ethical compass, Neil, on this issue. And Family Voice is campaigning for a national conversation of gender Mm. dysphoria in the interest of the child. How's that all going for you? Well, really well, Neil. I have to tell you, yesterday we had a wonderful phone hookup with Senator Claire Chandler, the Tasmanian senator, who's very much in favour of putting an end to this. And we had a lovely chat to her, and uh, she's very supportive of our campaign. We're making sure that every politician in Canberra is aware of this, because we need to start a national conversation that will highlight the facts, the issues, and the trend towards detransitioning, Neil. Uh, Let's move on. Uh, Senator Amanda Stoker, uh, back in the headlines, under attack again. And, of course, uh, she is a very uh, prominent and out there Christian uh, in her her own faith. Uh, What's been happening so far as uh, the critics have uh, been attacking her? Yeah, now, you know, I have to laugh because, you know, Senator Stoker is really a a lovely sister in Christ. and, And here she is, you know, she's just been appointed into the new cabinet as as um, assistant minister for women uh she's uh, a family person she represents the views of mums and dads australia white what happens ah the loony left come to the fore what's happening is people start to criticize her for her appointment i believe the the you know the comedian amanda zubanski criticized her appointment tweeting that this reshuffle has handed power to amanda stoker Another of the small but noisy Christian soldiers faction hijacking 
national agenda, blah, 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 blah. And then on top of that, Neil, we've got the Australian of the Year, um, uh, Grace Tame, who also blasted Senator uh, Stoker on her cabinet promotion. And why do these people, why do these people try and bring down people who are morally and ethically trying to do their job as mums and dads. And, and Amanda Stoker is a victim of this, and we've got to make sure that the left, uh, you know, don't, don't get away with this. And I, you know, recommend to all Australians, hey, make your voice heard and tell, you know, say you support Amanda. She's a good Christian, she's a politician, and she's representing a lot of mums and dads in Canberra. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, when uh, Magda Zabanski comes out and uh, criticises and says uh, uh, she's part of a Christian soldier's faction hijacking the national agenda. Yeah. It might be a question as to who is hijacking the national agenda. Uh, well, there's some challenging things that we could talk about there. Hey, uh, great getting your insights, as always. Um, there's lots of campaigns that you're mm. always involved in. Uh, we mentioned the one around uh, gender dysphoria there, but uh, other campaigns coming up. What have you got on the on the uh, on the agenda? Yeah, look, we do, and I just want to, if I could get back to this gender dysphoria, I'm very pleased to say that we have a chap called Walt Hire, who who identified as a transgender woman for eight years, and now he transitioned. He's going to be our guest on a webinar coming up, so that's critical that we do that. The other thing we're looking at here nationally, and of course. Uh, in other states as well, is we've got to look at this continuing euthanasia pushed by people. You know, I can't understand, Neil, why do you want to kill somebody? Why would you not look at, you know, a palliative care, a better medical treatment? Uh, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, while there is life, there is hope, Neil. And I think our hope is in our Lord Jesus Christ. So look, let's look at that. So we're looking at euthanasia, gender dysphoria, and also we're looking at parental rights. We continue to campaign for that as well, Neil. Okay, and for listeners wanting to get some details, some background, some resources to understand some of these issues that are being addressed by Family Voice Australia, you can go to familyvoice.org.au, familyvoice.org.au. Greg Bondar, always good getting your insights. Thanks so much for the update today on 2020. Oh. Thank you very much, Neil, Neil, and I'm delighted to speak to you and your listeners. So, God bless. God wants. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.